and welcome to another episode of the Spirit of 2016 podcast. I am Dave Dunning. I'm standing in for Andy Bell tonight under duress. And with me, I have got Ben Horshaw and I've got Lauren McCann. So let's get straight into it, guys. Um, it's it's pretty much immediately after the game. Um, ben, it's, it's fairly uninspiring when it comes to the lineup at the start. I think we talked about how we might have seen few new faces, a few youngsters get looks. It was Luxembourg. We had a game, you know, what, four days later, three days later. And what we saw was the good old 3-5-2, the good old Evans, Cathcart, plus one, uh, which happened to be Flanagan. And <laughs> we've got Dallas at right, right full back, wing back, Ferguson on the other side, and then the classic big man, wee man up front. Um, but for half an hour, it looked really good. Yeah, no, I was I was disappointed, very disappointed with this with the um with the lineup. But hindsight's a wonderful thing, and you know it turned out that we played our best football with that with those players on the pitch. So you know, credit credit to them in the end. Um, you know, I suppose there's two ways of looking at it. Well, I would have liked to have seen these new players, but at the same time, we're the ones that are saying Barclough needs results. Barclough needs results. So he's going to what he believes in getting results. Um, especially looking, you know, this is the only two games that he has before we're going into competitive stuff. So from his point of view, he wants to put a team on that's going to get him the win, and he did. Yeah, that's absolutely fair, Lord. It, it's I know we're kind of coming to the business end of the, of the the domestic kind of club seasons, but this feels a little bit kind of pre-seasony when it comes to our international um, calendar at the minute. Um, as as Ben says, it's two friendlies. Um, kind of back to back, and then we're straight into straight into competitive fixtures and the lineup. You can kind of understand it with that. It looks as though he's trying to he's trying to bed in probably is is sixteen seventeen guys again getting them used to the way that he wants them to play, instilling those tactical instructions into them, and it seemed to work even with I thought a kind of makeshift midfield three tonight. Yeah, definitely, and you know as you said like. It's the first two games of this year. There hasn't been an international break since November and a lot has changed since then. But yeah, as you say, you know, he doesn't have Washington available, so it's what it is just who is going to power Lavery up front and, you know, McGinnis has been his go to for a number of games. So it's just kinda of same when he was going for kind of that safe option of his choosing his starting eleven that he was gonna feature and yeah, I thought it was well drilled, as you said, for the first half an hour. Really, really good. It kind of reminded me a bit of the Switzerland game, you know, before they scored just before half time, and we're really, really solid and, you know, had a few chances. But, you know, in this one, we actually took one of those chances as well. So, yeah, it was a good start. And as you say, you know, it is probably like a, a pre season, and especially given how important, you know, as you stressed in the preview podcast, these upcoming. Um, fixtures are in the Nations League that he does need to get the team right and you know starting that now in these friendlies is probably his priority because he's under so much pressure Yeah he is under pressure Ben but what, what I kind of have like this it doesn't look like he's panicked he's, he's stayed true to his own principles he's he's not kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater because I think we saw regardless of results there was something kind of there to work with and there was a decent platform to build from and certainly from a squad perspective it looks that way and McGuinness comes in old reliable Josh Michael like to turn to him and I don't think he's ever hit a ball as cleanly as that in his entire life and probably never will again a great finish and 
it was kind of everything we know about McGuinness with the power and the strength and the pace on the right-hand side and then everything that we don't associate him with, which is a really firm and crisp clinical finish into the bottom quarter. But he's kind of made a case there to, to be the, the, the kind of partner for Lavery, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I I was at the of the opinion now that he was he was an impact sub for us, um, or a, a player that could play up on his own if we're away to Germany or Holland or someone like that. But you know, it wasn't just the finish. I mean, the finish was exceptional. Um, but I thought everything about him tonight was really really good. I mean, he he he'll always work hard. That's one thing you'll always get from Josh. But his touch was good tonight, which is I don't think those words have ever come out of my mouth before. You know, um. You know, he, he 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 held the ball up. He linked really, really well with Shane Lavery, which was really encouraging. Um, you know, because I I, I I talked in the preview about how um, Connor Washington and Shane had been really good together, and I thought, oh, there's our partnership. But now I'm starting to go, well, you know what? There's another partnership. So, you know, if there are players unavailable, it's good that we can build, you know, one or two, three partnerships that to, to pick and choose from. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely right. And, you know, it's probably going to come to this later on, but we might as well now while we're on it. Um, they do partner really well together. Lavery's busy, busy, busy. Lauren, he, he does what he does. You know, he, he puts a great cross in early on. Nobody gets on the end of, and you're kind of like, oh, McGuinness, where are you? Um, and then, you know, conversely, he doesn't pass the ball to Johnny Evans when he's ran 70 yards to get in the end of something and smashes it into the stand. And that's kind of, the, the two sides of the coin when it comes to Lavery, sometimes you can be a bit erratic like that. But then, you know, White and, and Charles come on and they look like they're not getting into the game at all. And all of a sudden they find their feet. Great link-up play for for the, the Davis goal. And then White looked like 2009 Fernando Torres running through on goal. And I seem to remember, like, the friendly in the Aviva Stadium against against Ireland, he probably two or three chances almost identical to that in that game, and, and he he fluffs them, but a really cool, calm, and clinical finish, and a great first touch to take himself across the defender as well. And you know there are genuine options there, and I don't know, you know, where are you with what your kind of preferred two would be? Yeah, well, I think clinical in Northern Ireland isn't a sentence, two words in a sentence you've heard very often recently, and even you know. I'm used to seeing Gavin might do that back in his Irish League days, but he's kind of been missing that on the international stage. And I think obviously at regular game time at Oxford's probably helped him. But, you know, it was a great finish, even when he's running through. It was still kind of hesitant. I was like, I don't know if he's going to slot this away, but it was a great finish. But, yeah, as you say, I think Lavery's firmly established himself as the main striker. You know, probably be disappointed he didn't score tonight. That one he smashed into the stands and then the other one earlier in the half where he drags it wide but um I think it's definitely him and then one other I think White you know was a great impact of the have he brings up pace the dynamism when he comes on and charge I think is still kind of fighting his feet um I thought he came on he, he did all right you know he hustled and bustled around but you know I think McGinnis as you said you know he's obviously staked the claim it was a great finish and with Washington still to come back in and with him in good club form I think it's between you know him and um McGuinness is the who's going to partner Lavery, but certainly, you know, it's options off the bench and that's not something you would have said a year ago. No, absolutely not. Um, the other sub then, Ben, that kind of comes on and really makes the impact is, um, is, is Davis. It's, I think it's quite a clever finish. He kind of studs it into the ground to keep it down right in the bottom corner. Um, I think that would go unnoticed. It looked scruffy, but I'd give him more credit than that simply because it's Steve Davis, you know. 
Um, but Evans does really, really well in the middle of the park. Bundles of energy kind of fades. Davis comes on. He's class. He makes a difference. And after kind of losing control in, in the middle third of the game and, and giving them the incentive and the impetus, we kind of wrestled it back when the subs came on. And I think as well as the midfield did, it just makes such a difference. Um, McCann, I think, came on as well at the same time. Um, those two on the pitch together, they just give you a lot more control, I find. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they, they, dictate, the, they dictate the play. Um, Steve Davis knows where everybody is in the pitch without without having to look. Um, you know, he knows, he anticipates where the ball's going to go miles before it goes there. So, you know, it's just that calming presence where I, th- I thought the three midfield, I thought the three midfield that started the game did really well. Um, the only thing I would say is maybe with Corey Evans and Jordan Thompson, I find them a wee bit too similar. Um, so I, I don't know, I just feel like Steve Davis has that just that extra, the running, um, you know, to, to time that run into the box, that, that's like a, a Lampard for Chelsea, you know, for that goal. Um, he, ha- he has to be there, you know, it's it's not the hardest, not the hardest goal, but it's certainly not the easiest. It's easy to snatch at that and put it wide. Yeah, there. Yeah, it's one. It's one sample kicks into the stand, doesn't it? Um, that's it. It really is. Um, Lauren, you know all the good things we've talked about. Very impressive, kind of last half hour, certainly last fifteen minutes and the first half an hour. In the middle of the game, it looks like we're kind of managing it out to half time, but but we don't come out in the second half the same way we start the first half, and inevitably the pressure tells in the end. And I suppose there's loads of loads of holes to pick in the goal we conceded. It doesn't look great, does it? But it's a wicked delivery. Um, and I think there's been fingers pointed. You know, it was Lavery's man, but then there's a guy that's coming off the keeper that, that there's nobody with. So, you know, where does he go? Good movement from them. They drag a lot of people to the front post. Cathcart probably jumps a bit early. And then I think those people questioning the goalkeeper as well. But... You know, regardless of what way you look at it, set-piece goals are something that we're not used to conceding. And I don't know, is there maybe an issue creeping in there? Are we just smaller than maybe we were? And is that something we're going to have to to look at? Did we miss a Ballard in there tonight, maybe, for example? Yeah, I just think, as you said, you know, it's such a basic goal to concede, especially, you know, Cathcart wins that flick on at the near post and then there's nobody there with him at the back and... Cathcart had done so well to initially, um, you know, clear the ball out for the corner for that. Um, and he was unfortunate, obviously, you know, I think he's just trying to flick that away and it ends up with the back post. But yeah, I think, you know, with, as you said, it's not something I go we're kind of used to conceding and maybe a ballard in there to be more aggressive and kind of, you know, properly head that away instead of kind of flicking it on at the near post. But yeah, as you said, they come back from that, you know, when I thought that goal went in and Luxembourg were kind of on top at that stage and it just kind of looked like it was going to, you know, fizzle out for a 1-1. I didn't really see a hope back into us for the game, but, you know, credit to and the subs that came on did make the difference, and, you know, you come away with that, and it's it's a really good win. It's clinical finishing wins you the game, and as I said before, you know, it's not something you're used to seeing with Northern Ireland. Yeah, it absolutely isn't, and, and um, Ian Barakoff's attire on the touchline is not something we're used to seeing with Northern <laughs> Ireland either. You know, channeling his inner Nagelsman with his white chinos and his goodies, Um but it was, you know, a weird comparison to make. But I think we play quite a high line. It is a bit, it, it's 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 moving towards what you would call modern day football. 
back three is all the rage again now with a lot of the top sides and um, so was the high line. And Ben, I thought it was interesting how disciplined that line was and how many times we caught Luxembourg offside tonight. I think it was at least four or five, I think. And, you know, that that is not a coincidence, you have to say. And that's, to give credit where it's due, that's, that's down to good coaching, really, isn't it? Yeah, no no doubt about that. I mean, the, the one biggest plus um, for, for Barclough under his tenure has definitely been the defensive organisation. I mean, you know, we didn't concede at home in the whole of the last group. We were very organised. We know where we need to be. And, and that, that, again, is, you know, comes down to when you're playing people offside. Um, you know, he is pragmatic. He is a defensive manager, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, if that's what he is and that's what his strength is, well, he's doing it well then at the end of the day, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um and Lauren, the other thing that you mentioned there as well, you know, the, the coaching and the organisation is one thing, but something that we built over time with with O'Neill, and you know, ironically, um, you know, it kind of starts with with the low ebb of Luxembourg away all those all those years ago. But probably something that you thought might be, might have ebbed away from this squad was kind of the self belief and the resilience um, that was such a staple of of that run with O'Neill. But that was. That was defiant tonight. That was uh, okay. We've, we've conceded a bad goal and we haven't been playing well for half an hour, but let's change a few bits and pieces around. They stuck to the task and they eventually kind of, by brute force and ignorance, certainly with the first, the, sorry, the first goal, well, the second goal to make it 2-1, um, got themselves back in the game and then and then finished it off ruthlessly and managed it out. And You know, maybe there's a slightly different mentality to this side than there was maybe six, 12 months ago. Yeah, it was kind of, you know, after the goal went in, kind of digging deep because Luxembourg were pushing for that second goal. But as I say, I thought it was going to, you know, you look at 1-1 and you say, OK, it's a decent enough result given how we didn't play particularly well, especially in the second half and sort of invited Luxembourg on. But, you know, as you said, the changes that came on are kind of just another spark. There were positive changes with, you know, introducing Davis and White um, charge as well coming on. And yeah, there just kind of was that belief, you know, it was the only two chances Northern Ireland really had in that second half and they picked them away. And yeah, as you say, you know, that shows great resilience and it's probably something, you know, we ends trying to instill, you know, with these Nation League teams coming in, you know, if we play, you know, a, a League C team and they come back and they equalise and, you know, the fans kind of get on your back, you need to be able to come back and respond when things aren't going your way and yeah as you said it's not something we've seen recently so hopefully it'll continue especially in the such big games coming in June. Yeah I think I think Dave I think Dave uh, in, in terms of progression I think one of the key things is when that goal went in for one all it reminded me of the Bulgaria away game where we were great in the first half we didn't come out the second half and it was blatantly obvious that they had they had made changes and that they had sort of taken control of the game. And Ian Barcroft didn't make the subs on time and didn't impact the game. Whereas tonight, he seems to have learned, the players seem to have learned, have said, right, we've conceded a goal here. We're not going to fold like we did that night. He impacted the game by making the subs and making the right subs in the right time. So there's progression from the players and the manager. Interesting one. I take your point on that, Ben. Lauren, I don't know. Were the subs... Would the impact of sub subs made more by accident than design? Because I kind of looked and it was four subs pretty much on 60. And I wonder, I just wonder, no matter what way the game was going, was that going to happen anyway? I take your point, Ben, and, you know, and we're not, not going to know one way or the other. I'm just curious what Lauren thinks. 
Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, you look at some of the four, you know, Evans was always going to go off at 60 minutes, and then, you know, I think he always did want to try White and Charles up front just to see, you know, the variation from the two strikers he had. So maybe you could say, you know, even though if that was planned, it is kind of showing progression that he does want to try some different players out in that system. Um, And then, you know, obviously bringing Davis and McCann on, maybe obviously premeditated, but he also might have just wanted that more control in midfield. So it is hard to know, but, you know, if it wasn't premeditated subs and it was in the moment, then obviously, as Ben said, you know, it shows that he wants to take the game by scruff in the neck and, you know, go away with the result. Yeah, and if nothing else, Ben, what if, if it was by accident and that was pre-planned, um, then maybe this is... Maybe this is something that he can look at and go, well, actually, maybe I shouldn't be so reluctant to, to make changes on 60 or when I'm chasing the game or when I feel like I need to impact it. And maybe give him more confidence and more courage in his convictions. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, I suppose the only, the only way we really would have known if it had been, I mean, I suppose you were bringing on your, you know, your Davis and your McCann's, had they been the ones on and it not going so well? Had he then made the subs, then you might be saying, OK, then he's, then he's noticing it, as opposed to you're bringing on your stronger players, you know. It's a different point of view. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully you can learn from this that you can't, you know, you can't run certain players into the ground. And if 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 some of your more established players aren't having a good game, it's okay to have a ch- you know, to give somebody a chance. Um, you know, you, you've got to, fans would rather that, you know. Well, I, I think anyway, you'd, you'd you'd rather see the manager trying to make the impact than you know, just doing the same thing over and over again just for the sake of it. Yeah, I think when when things aren't going your way, you you always want to change and you always feel like there's something more that can be done um, and it's difficult to get inside a manager's head sometimes um, and it's difficult to understand you know exactly what players have been told and coached and what the what the overall game plan is and, and what the options and the bench can bring but again we'll we'll still shout and scream from it from the stands and from our living rooms um, because we all know better don't we um absolutely okay. yeah so lauren this is um it's a good win. It's a solid win. It's a good result. And it's, by and large, a good performance. Hungary will provide a, a stiffer test, um, but it's at home. These are the games that we need to look to start to be really, really competitive in and and, and start to win. Yeah, they're probably, they are probably a, a Nations League, league above, aren't they? Um, so, you know, we kind of that's that's the level we expect to be punching at, not where we are in that nation's league. So this will provide what I feel will be a better test of where we actually are as a team. Yeah, definitely. And this is the first podcast I've been on that we've actually won a game. So <laughs> that, that kind of tells you all you need to know from the past year um, since I've been on. But yeah, you know, obviously Hungary were were great in the Euros and yeah, as you said, probably that level above that, you know, Luxembourg was probably a good friendly to get out of the way, you know, it was a competitive game, it, it was tough, not a great performance overall it was, but you know, that kind of 30 minute spell where you're thinking we're on the ropes here and might be another defeat, but you know, getting that win under the belt was probably crucial and then Hungary as well at home, having a packed out at Windsor, it will obviously be a sterner test and probably more of a feel um, do a competitive game rather than a friendly. So, yeah, as you said, again, it'll be interesting to see what kind of lineup he goes for. Obviously, he didn't go too experimental for Luxembourg, so it seems unlikely he'll go very experimental for for Hungary. But then you also have to factor in, you know, players' fitness. Obviously, Evans won't be featuring that game, so it gives maybe the likes of Kieran Brown to come in, um, and prove his worth. But yeah, as you say, you know, it'll be another 
a sterner test and it'll be just really intriguing to see what kind of team he puts out because this is a result that you will hope to build on now for the rest of the um, year, you know, going into those crucial games in June. Yeah, absolutely. It feels a bit like right through the middle of the pitch, Ben. It's kind of it's kind of five, isn't it? You know, you've got the, the three centre-halves who started tonight with Brown and Ballard. You've got the three midfielders who started tonight with Davis and, and McCann. And then you've got, obviously, the five forwards that we've, we've talked about, which will obviously be two from five. So, aside from, you know, the obvious options kind of uh, on either on either flank, that's kind of the core that you're looking at. And, and for this game... Do you expect them to stray much from that kind of core group? I don't myself. No, I don't. I, you know, I expected if he was going to experiment, it would be at the in against the weaker opposition, you know, and he didn't didn't more or less do that. Um, and I think he'll, he'll want to build on this now, you know. Um, I think Steve Davis as well hasn't had a lot of game time, haven't come on tonight. I expect him to come in and start, um, and try and you know get a bit more game time ahead of June, if nothing else, um. I wonder. I wonder now. I saw Stuart Dallas was holding his groin or whatever. I'm uh, getting nice. So I wonder, you know, with him being in a relegation battle, Leeds will probably be on the phone saying, "Do not be playing him on Tuesday." I don't know if that comes into things. Obviously, you've not got Johnny Evans. Um, I don't know. Was Connor Bradley? Was he ruled out completely? Uh, yeah, he was. I don't know if he's ruled out for hungry, but you know, I, I feel like the games are that close together. If he wasn't going to be fit for one, he's not going to be fit for yeah, yeah, certainly, yeah. certainly not. Going to start. Yeah, I know Bailey's going to come back in, um, which will be good as well for him to get a bit more game time. Uh, what I wouldn't mind seeing, and I don't think I'll see it, I, I think we need, we need to find someone for left-back at the minute, you know, especially with Jamal not playing at all. Um, so Kieran Brown supposedly can play left-back. I have seen him do it for Livingston a couple of years ago, almost decent. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, she and Ferguson's fine, like, but just as another option as well. Uh, but no, I don't expect him to experiment a whole lot. I, you know, I... I think he. I think he'll start with the same up front. I think there'll be a couple of changes in midfield, and then only other than um, Johnny Evans not being available will be. And, and if Stuart Dallas isn't, he'll obviously have to make a change there. Okay, Lauren, any any advance on that? No, not really. I don't really see. You know, she said that left back slot is probably Shane Ferguson's at the minute because you know there is nobody really coming in unless you do experiment. I know Paddy Lane played a few games at left wing back for the under twenty ones and. And the ones I watched, he was really impressive, but I doubt he's going to throw him in for this type of fixture, especially not from the start. And yeah, you know, maybe Baller coming back in, obviously Evans out or Kieran Brown coming in. You know, it is, as you said, picking from kind of that core group that he has now. I don't expect to see too much experimentation, especially against, you know, a more competitive side than Luxembourg. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. OK, um, just before we go then, um, Ben, man of the match? Um... With so many subs, it's hard, but I'm probably going to go Tom Flanagan because I thought he was solid. You know, he stayed on the whole game, um, and I thought he was solid. I didn't think he put a foot wrong tonight. Yeah, fair shout. Lauren? Yeah, I thought he was quite good. Or Cathcart, I thought, was also quite impressive as well. I know he gets a lot of slander. I know Andy might cut this out in a podcast, but I thought he was... That's your last podcast. Um, yeah, Cathcart decent. I think you know. I think the back three were all were all quite good. I think Evans had a good game as well. Um, okay, so thanks very much for for joining us, everybody. Um, Lauren, um, Ben, thank you for your as ever interesting and insightful con- contribution. And um, until after Hungary, because I don't think there's going to be anything before it, and you probably don't want to hear it anyway. Um, 
Thanks very much. All the best. Goodbye.